Hi everyone welcome to another episode of my podcast we have a very get- special guest today all the way from sweden we have mr magnus rosen hi magnus good morning good morning for me it's good morning and for <laughs> yes. you it's good afternoon yes uh, it's uh, around 5 pm here now yes <laughs> yeah so magnus how are you doing i just uh, got up after a good nice nice sleep so um i got my coffee and um i am here with you so it's a very good morning right so magnus how is the situation in sweden with with all this uh, you know covid and everything how is it the, how is it there it's um, it's actually quite okay uh, our government decide to handle it in a little different way from the rest of the world right i did i don't say we did it perfect because we didn't uh, and it's uh, a lot of um, questions we people need to ask i think but in sweden it's a little bit more open like right. in the rest of the world so we can do for me i can make small concert for 50 people example uh, if it's uh, 51 people um, you get the trouble but if you if it's 50 people in the public it's okay right um, it's many questions of course if you go to a restaurant in sweden it can be 200 or 250 people but if you bring up an um, an instrument uh, it can only be 50 people Right. And this kind of strange behavior it's hard to understand. <laughs> but but it looks quite good and when you look to um um the wave the corona have been and how many dead cities it's many people that say it's not more deaths and other times because right. every year people will die in virus but right. of course i don't know but it's many questions that need to be asked i think right because uh, here i'm i'm here in the philippines so we've been in a lockdown for like seven months now so yeah, it's it is really really hard uh, and especially for musicians and for fans music fans because we we haven't uh, my last show was i went to was in march i went to that was my last concert i i went so after that there, there's nothing <laughs> so yeah 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 it's it's really it's, uh, it's kind of get into your head also because you're you're feeling that stress staying at home and you know but at least uh, we can do this type of talk with artists and so so that's a different way we can <laughs> manage that you know situation uh magnus so uh let me tell you how how i discovered you because uh, i'm actually originally from sri lanka uh yeah beautiful yes so i remember getting this uh, mp3 cd which uh, which had uh, 
legacy of kings hammerfall and then they had the blind guardian they had ed guy rhapsody there was a mp3 cd i discovered like late in the late 90s and uh, that's how i got to know about hammerfall and uh, i think we have a mutual friend uh, who is also from sri lanka who is uh, chitral somapala right so that's how yes, i got yes, to yes. that connected with you so how long you been you you know chitral it's it, it actually for a long time he's a very good friend I, I like him a lot and he's an excellent musician and singer i met him first time for over 20 years ago when wow. we when we toured with hammerfall and he played with a band called avalon right and um, always when we got support bands in hammerfall i i always did my best so the support band should feel comfortable with us and um, so because that i also got in in contact with uh, chitral and uh, i think um, um, both me also him felt very good in the situation and and uh, also when you are friendly and try to help and invite and that kind of things um, it, it was really really nice and from that day uh, we we were friends and it felt directly mm. uh, if you know what i mean you can feel relaxed and you feel comfortable and um, so over 20 years ago wow i, I right. um so magnus can you tell me a little bit about your childhood and then uh, how did you got into music yes I was, uh, I can say I was born in the old part of Gothenburg. So it was um, old houses and uh, in these years it was very quiet and mm. uh, beautiful in Sweden. Now it changed. Right. Um, um, I, I, um, I started to listen to music. My mother told me, uh, example, when it was classical music on the radio, I... I stopped playing, uh, you know, playing with uh, cars or uh, things, you know what I mean, toys. Right. And uh, every time it was classical music on the radio, I I stopped and, and I was listen, you know. And um, um, but of course nobody could expect or believe that I should uh, go on with music. Um, the first. Um, um uh, records i had uh, was um uh, uh, from the purple it was a single right. and uh, black sabbath did a cover tune called hush and that was my first uh, uh, time i, I was uh, listened to to uh, rock music um in these times we also have these cassettes uh, Maybe somewhere in the world you still have it, uh, but right. you know the cassette and and the first song with rock music on that I also remember it was um, uh, with um, Iron Man with Black Sabbath. Uh, so, so these two songs uh, somehow was the start for me. Uh, into the rock music scene if even if i didn't start to play it was yeah. uh, my mind was open for that 
Yes. Because uh, Iron Man is a great song, right? Where he, where he feel uh, dark and it's very beautiful song, right? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It, it really heavy and um, I, I can remember it like it was yesterday, if you know what I mean. I, I had a small cassette player and um, um, yeah, I, I remember it very well. It, it right. was uh, important, of course, I can see now. It was something that started. <laughs> <laughs> right. So when did you pick up the guitar? So did you start playing guitar or did you, uh, and then you, then you moved to bass or you straightly got into bass? So how did that happen? Let me tell you the story. <laughs> um, <laughs> When I, when I was 14 years old, I got a magic box. And some people don't believe magic boxes. But mm. people with open minds, they see life is more than we think. I got this uh, box. It was of wood and it had leather around. And right. when I opened the box, it smelled beautiful. It was wood and uh, the leather. And, and fresh wooden leather smells really, really good. In this box, it was a round-the-world ticket. Can you believe? Uh, you're uh, 14 years old, you get a magic box with a round-the-world ticket. Right. That, that is true, this, of course. And um, it was only, only one clue to use these tickets. I needed to now know how it worked. So this day I could handle the ticket and I know how it worked. Then I was free to travel. Right. And it was also one more strange things with this ticket. It was a ticket made of wood. And maybe now the listeners start to understand what the ticket was. It was of course, something like this. Right. This day I could handle it. It should take me around the world. And one day I was quite okay with the bass playing. And then the door was open for the world and travel. And in these magic boxes, it can be a guitar, it can be drums, it can be it doesn't matter what it is in the box. The magic thing is if people believing and feel love for something and they are so strong so they can go with the beliefs of the thing in the box, then it's magic, I can see. Right. So, uh, so guitar, bass, what, what other instruments do you play? I actually only play bass. Uh, uh, when I was even younger, uh, my dream was to play in bass instruments. Right. And of course, I don't know why, but I had that kind of wish. Uh, um, we start to play float in the uh, school, but it, it um, to have a bigger float with the bass tunes, it cost too much. Uh, so I couldn't play that. Then I... Um, dream to play the bass tuba, you know, mm. you know, this. Right. Um, 
but it was also a really expensive instrument for a little kid right. and uh, oh, oh, uh, 10 eight years and um, and I got uh, electric guitar but it was it was no electric guitar in my magic box you know what I mean uh, I, I didn't start to learn it it was not interesting but when I got the bass there it was right. nobody anyway me I can can say why I would like to play the bass instrument of course this time I was listening to Kiss and um, I thought Gene Simmons was a cool uh, figure right. and uh, I couldn't this uh, I couldn't say if he was good or bad I can uh, I could only say uh, it was a very special uh, char character and and it also helped me to see the base if right. you know what I mean right <clears throat> Magnus I, I I see in your background those masks that you have in the background what are those uh, uh, it's wood masks and uh, really in early ages when I traveled around the world I actually got luck also visit the, the Philippines when I was 18 years old right I, I, I travel all over the world uh, also before I start to tour around the world and uh, I start to buy wood masks and this is from Fiji right uh, this is from Africa I have many masks. I have a couple of small houses here in the wood, and I have so many masks from around the world. And when I start to have 10 or 15, I understand I save in wood masks. <laughs> I think it's beautiful, and it's, it's, it tells me of different cultures it also tells me about my my journey in life right right so uh starting with your journey i i understand that very early you you actually moved to la right so can you tell me a little bit about the life in los angeles yes uh, i i was uh, i've been traveled around the world uh, at least one time before uh, yeah or twice, one, one, I think. And uh, uh, I, when I was home and I did a lot of different uh, uh, bands and that kind of things, uh, I uh, will also say when I was 17 and 18, uh, it was the first time I was professional right. and played. So I really got this interest. And then I, when I was, I think 26, I played with a band called Queen of Hearts. It was not famous and it was an American singer. Right. And they decided to move to LA with the band. And they asked me, do you like to go with us? Um, it, it was not a famous band, so we, could make, we couldn't make a lot of money. But I said, yes, it could be a pleasure. Right. So I, I went with them to um, Los Angeles and um, uh, for, to make a long story short, after three months, I, I really felt 
it was not my cup of tea really so i i start to search other bands in um, uh, uh, los angeles and uh, first i find a really nice band called midnight with a um, uh, guitarist called um, Stuart Smith. And he played for a short while in the band Suite. Uh, and uh, we played around in clubs uh, in uh, California and uh, we got spons spons uh, got a sponsor from, from a big limousine uh, um, company so every time we went to our show we had this extremely long uh, limousine and <laughs> that was really fancy I, I must right. say. <laughs> and um, these uh, times that I also met a very very nice and, and good drummer called Anders Johansson right and um, this time he, he just quit played with Ingve Malmsteen and for a short while, he played with Blue Murder. We, uh, and um, uh, we, we, we split an apartment. So it was, um, Anders Johansson had one room. Um, uh, Jörg Fischer from uh, Accept right. had one room. And another nice guy uh, uh, of mine called Christy Degas, that he had one room and I had one room. So. Right. We were, we had a, a extremely nice times and uh, the feelings in this apartment was lovely. It was very nice guys and everybody was so interested in uh, uh, music. Right. Uh, my old friend, uh, Mickey D, uh, we played together when I was... Um, 17 or 18, 19, something like that. Then it was before he joined King Diamond. Then he played with Dokken, then Motorhead, and now with Scorpions. Right. He lived there too. And the band Europe was there. So we, we were a very, very nice uh, gang of people. Right. And um, I mean, uh, yes. community, right? It's a, it's a community. Yeah, it's a community, and um, um, these years I lived in California, it was like two years, uh, it was like a dream, if you know what I mean. You met right. new friends, new culture, and the music was the center of everything. So, so you, you probably experienced a lot of these bands because... California is one of the, I mean, LA is one, one of the places where all the hair metal bands, glam metal bands came up, right? So ha, what are the bands you remember that you, you seen there while in LA? Yes, um, it was another Swedish band called, called Shotgun Masayas. And uh, they did some albums and that was, uh, they were extremely good, I, I must say. I. Uh, I met the Scorpions there, even if they come from Germany, mm. but it was Jörg Fischer's friends. So, um, and I really like Scorpions. It's, um, I love the music and they were also very, very nice guys. And that's uh, important in my opinion. <laughs> it needs to be nice people with a good heart, I think. Right. Um, 
I, I had like um, some kind of manager that was looking for jobs for me. And I were very close to get an audition for Alice Cooper. Um, uh, I loved him and his music uh, since I was very young. And um, it was very, very close. I, I could get this audition. So I was in the apartments and practice Alice Cooper songs. But um, he, he already decided for a bass player that was famous. Mm. And uh, when he was waiting for the answer, they was checking other bass players, if you know what I mean. But mm. this famous bass player, I can't remember his name, but he said yes for this gig. I also... Uh, ask for audition for Dio. Uh, example, I, I, I loved his music too. Yeah. And uh, later, maybe I'll tell this later, but later um, I toured with Dio uh, with Hammerfall and, um, uh, and that felt very good. So uh, maybe the chance if he was staying alive today, the feeling was it could be me that played with him right. because the connection was uh, fabulous i must say so um, but, but I, I met many good musicians there in, in right. because LA. when when you talk about power metal uh you cannot talk about power metal without talking about ronnie james dio right because he kind of defined that uh, genre right so I know he's also a very good, uh, good person as well. He's a very kind person as well, right? Very kind. He, um, we toured with him six weeks in the United States. And uh, um, of course, I was out and take a walk with Jimmy Bain. And he was a bass player and it was fun for me. And, and every time I met Dio, every time... I met him sometime every day in the hotel lobby or back in the back uh, um, back uh, backstage. Uh, he always said good words to me. You know what I mean? Right. Like, and uh, uh, it was. I, I felt it was. It was a connection. It was not only hi, hi. It was. So, if you know what I mean, I, I, I was very sad when he died. I, um, uh, first of all, uh, a nice human being, fantastic singer, and uh, the dream to play with him was, was of course, also gone <laughs> in this. Right. So, right. <clears throat> so uh, you met and Andreas, and then, um, but how did the how did the Hammerfall how? happened so how did you join hammerfall how did that happen yes when i joined hammerfall hammerfall was a garage band if you know what i mean it right. was not famous at all they did in maybe two or three small small concerts before i joined i mean uh, no records nothing and um, um, I, I had a friend, uh, uh, she's name was Caroline, Caroline Kratzke, and she, um, 
she were friends with uh, uh, this unfamous band Hammerfall. And, and uh, in the beginning, Hammerfall uh, was a project with uh, some people from In Flames, um, uh, Joachim, uh, Oscar first, and some other musicians. Right. And they did like an um, um, album, a um, low cost album that was very, very good. It called Glory to the Brave. And before this album was released, um, like Jesper Strumblad from In Flames, nobody could understand this should be a big band because you don't know that in the beginning, of course. Right. Uh, so he said, I have no time for this. I will go with my In Flames. And the other guys also went with uh, their band. So they needed a solo guitar player, a drummer, and a bass player. So we call this Caroline... Um, I got uh, in contact with uh, uh, Joachim and Oscar, and Oscar uh, Joachim joined the project. You can almost say uh, six months before me. Mm. So now they were looking for a real lineup. So we we met each other in a coffee shop, and uh, it, it, I th thought it was uh, uh, very nice guys, and and they also play a demo. And I also like the music, mm. so um, so we decide to um, uh, play play together. So the real story was they were asking me to join Hammerfall. Um, uh, it's an other story out there, but th this is uh, the truth, <laughs> if you know what I mean. Right and. Uh, I also said when they asked me to join the band, I, I said, um, let us play first and see if we like each other, if right. it feels good. So after we did a few rehearsals, I said, um, it feels good. Uh, I will join your band. This was two or three months before Glory to the Brave was released. Right. And when the album was released, a magic journey started that nobody could believe. So so when this album was released, so and then when you had like playing this album live, so you were the one who actually was doing it, right? Of playing course, the bass or live? Of course. Uh, the first show we did, uh, also on the release date, it was me, a drummer called Stefan Reffling, and mm. Stefan, uh, Patrick Reffling, and Stefan Elmgreen. So this was the magic lineup. And one month after the release, we went to our first European tour. Wow. Who could? imagine that <laughs> so that was something right so and, so and, yeah go ahead and for few years i were wondering why we got this success because it's many good bands out there and some bands 
with extremely good players, good performers. Uh, and um, so, so I felt, okay, we have uh, nice, easy music. It's easy to catch. And we also have an extremely good energy on the stage. Mm. And, uh, and with a lot of luck, this was happened. Right. <clears throat> so after that, you uh, Hammerfall release their it's this it's the second album, but it's probably one of their one of considered as one of their best albums, right? Legacy of Kings, which is one of my yes. favorites as well. So can you tell me a little bit about that album, uh, like writing that uh, songs that album? Yes, uh, we told. Uh, um, uh, around quite a lot, the two years, two first years, then was time for Legacy of Kings. And in, um, in, in Hammerfall, it was almost only two people who, who got a chance to write songs. So um, uh, the album was written by Joachim and Oscar, and um, um, uh, uh, a little bit later, uh, Stefan was allowed to write one song uh, on each album, an instrumental song. But in Legacy of Kings, we recorded in, in, um, in Gothenburg. Um, uh, it, it was like an, an old neighborhood close to uh, our harbor. Yeah. And um, the guy who was the produ producer, um, he was also a friend from um, the schools when I went to the school when I was a little bit younger, um, Fredrik Nordström. And he also got, got prize from uh, Japan to be uh, one of the best metal producer. And it was a pleasure to record with him because he know what he's doing mm -hmm. and uh, uh, it's easy to feel comfortable to recording with him. With some producers, and I have that experience, it's not fun to record, it's not comfortable, it's, um, uh, it's not a nice journey. But if the producer is right, it's fantastic. And also the album uh, have a very nice touch. So Legs of Kings is also my one of my really favorite uh, Hammerfall album. Right. Uh, I think one of the songs that I, I really love from that album, I love all the songs of that album, but there's a there's couple of songs that really stand out. Uh, one is Let the Hammer Fall, <laughs> which yeah, is like a yeah. song. <laughs> yeah. And then there's a nice one, which is a slow song, which is a, more of a ballad. Remember, remember yesterday, which, uh, yes. which I really love. The you know I was even listening today when I was walking outside these uh, Hammerfall songs. Uh, what do you think about those songs? I I I, I love it. Uh, um, let the Hammerfall and uh, uh, that was a characteristic song for Hammerfall and. Uh, we played it uh, all the years I played with Hammerfall. Um, so for us, it was a big, a, a big song, you can say. Uh, 
on this album, also the first album, I, in my opinion, even if it was good songs later too, but these two albums have the magic touch of Hammerfall. Mm. This was really Hammerfall. Uh, um, so, 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 example, uh, legs of, of King's album and also these songs, it have good punch in the sounds. It, uh, the, the songs is really clear and it, um, it's, it still have the flavor of what I think uh, uh, the handful sound, if you know right. what I mean. Yeah. So also the also the songs uh, sort of gave a gave a feeling uh, because you're talking about legacy of kings. You're talking about the past where things were glorious and you know everything was epic. So it it gives that feeling when you're listening to that album. You you get sort of a okay medieval uh, you know Europe uh, Knights of Templar or that sort of. <laughs> you know, all that feelings actually come back, come to you when you're really listening it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's have that uh, storytelling feeling. Mm. Um, I think like you. Right. So, uh, uh, Magnus, can you tell me a little bit about how the touring ha with Hammerfall, where did you guys play? What are your like memorable places to play? Uh, with Hammerfall, did you play with other bands, maybe like with Blind Guardian or other bands? Did you ever played with those bands? <laughs> yes, uh, we, we played. Uh, you can say we played around the world, but it not means we played in all countries, of course. And right. we didn't play in Africa. It could be fantastic to play in South, South Africa and that, but uh, we didn't. But we played around the world. Uh, in Japan, in South America. Uh, it was the first time I, I went to South America. It was with Hammerfall. And uh, we played, of course, in Canada and uh, Mexico and United States, a whole Europe and in, uh, in uh, uh, Puerto Rico. Uh, in, uh, we call it the, the Indian Ocean, <laughs> but it's not. But, we call it like that with Cuba and that, but uh, so so it, it was fantastic um, because uh, Hammerfall was growing so fast. So when we come to certain countries, example, example Bolivia in uh, South America, when we were landing there, um, the fans was already at the airports and. Uh, yeah. Uh, in the old airports, they had um, like uh, this uh, balcony. Uh, you can stay outside and see the plane landing. And it was packed with fans. Right. And when we uh, walked down from the stairs, from the uh, airplane, people were screaming, uh, handful and also our name. So when I come out, I was screaming, Magnus and... I was waving, we all was waving to them. And I thought this was what I saw on TV when Rolling Stones or other bands uh, uh, did the tour. Now it was us and it was fantastic feeling. And uh, after we went through the pass control, uh, the airport was packed of fans and uh, um, 
uh, we didn't put our sunglasses on uh, uh, and try to be cool. Uh, we like to meet the fans. And they had the cameras, we had our cameras. So we took, uh, took, took pictures mm. of the fans. And uh, uh, so we really tried to meet the fans, not try to be rock stars, but we was, if you know what I mean. But without fans, no rock star at all. So um, you need to be thankful for all people who like you and like to see your concerts. So this was a fantastic experience. And um, anyway, if I talking for myself, I was always, it was important for me to, to, if someone asks for an autograph or a picture, you shall have that. Mm. I, I always took time for that. And uh, I know sometimes when I read on internet today, people remember that. So I, I was very happy that I was a human being and I never tried to be a big head or the nose at, in the air. Right. always took my time with a big pleasure because I, th- I thought it was fun to meet people from other cultures and uh, people who love the rock music. It was a pleasure, you know? Right. <clears throat> because uh, it might be just a, just a simple picture, but for, for the fans, it's a, it's a big experience. It's a memorable experience for them to meet you, right? the meeting the meeting the artist yes and it's also an experience for the musicians uh, some musicians uh, are more close uh, they close the door but for me it was fantastic to meet in japan meet the japanese fans or in south america meet the fans there and uh, um, You know, everywhere where we played, even if the color was different and the hair was uh, had uh, different colors, but you could recognize a rock people everywhere because we all look the same and we have the same love for music. So, (laughs) right. So, Magnus, (laughs) during your tour, who did you share the stage with? What other bands that you remember? Yes. We did a tour with um, Dream Evil. Uh, they are from Gothenburg. We did tour with Firewing. Uh, there I, uh, for the second time, I, I toured with Chitral. Uh, so that was, uh, 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 of course, extra fun that he were on the tour again. Right. And uh, we played with Stratovarius. Uh, and uh, of course, like, like I said before, we played with Dio, King Sex, Death, and um, of course, many bands. And uh, example, when we played in, in the festivals, uh, then you played with uh, also the real big bands, uh, right. like The Purple, Dream Theater, Our um, uh, Maiden, etc., uh, etc. Et so right. <clears throat> I met so- many nice 
guys right. and girls. So one, one of the other albums I also remember from uh, Hammerfall is Crimson Thunder, right? So uh, what was like, you said that uh, Legacy of Kings were more of the, the other guys actually written most of the songs. So what happened with the Crimson Thunder? Were, were, did you contribute as well? Yes, it was also a very good album. Uh, yeah. I think all the album was good, actually, I, I will say. Uh, right. But, but the first one had the extra magic touch, but Crimson Thunder had g- very good songs, and there we get our big hit with Hearts on Fire. Right. That, that really made us famous, this song. And um, then we started to, to make uh, be really, really big concerts, like, in in my time, we, we played at the arena, and um, um, we start to get gold records. And um, um, I, I think we also get gold records with Renegade. But uh, mm. uh, with the Crimson Thunder, we got the really big ones, uh, the big success, I must say. And uh, we also have a video, of course, uh, from a live concert we did in our town. It was a a magic album, uh, you can say, because this was really opened the big gates for us. Right. How's the life like in your in your town in your city? Because I mean, you're a big rock star. Everybody you tour everywhere of the world. But when you come back home, how is it the life there? People still recognize you, or you're from Hammerfall back in your town? Yes, um, uh, yes, I think so. Uh, um, in uh, Swedish people is a little bit. Um, um, a, li- a little bit lay lay back in this case. Uh, uh, if they recognize you, they don't like to show that they recognize you. Uh, so so they maybe show it if you have the back on them. So um, uh, if if I went to another country, people can come to me and ask, "Is you Magnus Rosen?" But in Sweden. Um, that not really happened. But if I'm out and make like, like smaller concert or performance, then of course people talking about it. Then they come to me and say, blah, 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 Hammerfall and right. you know, this kind of so, um But uh, after Hammerfall, when I uh, play with other bands around the world, uh, people in Japan or United States or uh, South America or Mexico, they some rockers they could come to me on the streets and say, "Ah, are you Magnus?" So I think we did a big impact. And um, uh, like a bass player, I also believe that even if you are a bass player, you shall not stay in the shadow. Mm. Uh, you're gonna rock hard like everybody else, and I did that. And maybe because that people recognize, still recognize me because I, I rocked hard, <laughs> if you know what I mean. Right. So right. I, I got the character for, for the fans, I think. 
So yeah. So w- one thing I know, one thing I sort of realized with the Hammerfall songs is that uh, you had like sections that it was more more bass, and then there were sections a lot of back back. Uh, vocals, you uh, you know the vocalist sings, but then there's a section that it's all about backing vocals, right? There's a background vocals, and then you had a section. I don't see like a lot of guitar solos, and although it's there, but you had sections where it's it's more of bass also, right? So is that how that structuring of this, uh, you know, how 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 is that happen with that structuring of songs? Okay, uh, uh, in the Crimson Thunder World Tour, I had, uh, then I had my bass solo. I didn't have my bass solo on all the tours, right. but on this world tour, I had the bass solo. And that was, of course, really fun for me because uh, I love that kind of things. And um, so, of course, that got a bigger impact for the bass because right. I had the solo. Uh, also, because I was a quite strong character on the stage, because, <clears throat> like I said, I rock hard and I, I love to perform, and people can feel that. If you love something, people feel it. Right. If you do it because it's a, like an actor, uh, then it not have a magic impact, and uh, because. I took my place on the stage. And the feeling could also be that the bass was more important. Right. If you know what I mean. So right. the bass solo, and because I, I, I was rocking, and um, that was important for our show, I think. Uh, then maybe the feeling was the bass had, um, was bigger than it was, if you know what I mean. Right, right. <clears throat> so, so Magnus, you were you were with Hammerfall for nearly ten years, a decade, right? Ten years, right? So, uh, can you tell me why why you decided to leave? That is an interesting question, and uh, <laughs> many people have asked me this. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and and um, um, I decide by myself to not tell the whole story for the public because right. I think it's not nice to talking uh, things in a band that uh, w- not work like it should work and um, uh, I don't like to be that kind of person that they're talking bad about other things the only thing I, I, I will say is it's, of course, um, a reason why I left the band. It's a reason why Stefan Elmgren left the band. It's a reason why Anders Johansson left the band. Of course, it's a reason. But um, I don't like to uh, be a person that talking about that. Right, right. Uh, so it was time for me after 10 years and see if my wing could fly me somewhere else. <laughs> right, which, uh, which, which it did, right? <laughs> you, you got a lot of good success after that anyway. Um, 
magnus i want to ask you i saw you in your website uh, you you had uh, you had you mentioned about meditation do you do meditation yeah. in your in your daily life uh, not not every day uh, i really uh, i i i played in quite many meditations and i did a few meditations albums with the bass right and um, i i think uh, meditation it's it should be a good part of every human's life so you can um, connect yourself and go in, go inside uh, not only from inside and out also go from outside and in right and uh, start to think uh, also Uh, about the life because life is uh, a miracle uh, it's how more, more you thinking about that that how more bigger you think it is uh, only one um, uh, mind is when you before you be born and when you grow in a woman's stomach um, all the small cells that is uh, billions of cells this little cell know it will build an eye right and billion more cells they know they're going to build the eye this uh, cells they know they're going to start to build a finger and these cells know they will start to build a heart build a heart and then you go on and then you see how is it possible it's a map somewhere if it's no map it can't be uh, a human being or an animal or a, a tree it's magic and um, i think when you meditate and start to concentrate a little bit about your inside uh, if you get luck you will also start to grow inside as, uh, with a nice spiritual feelings and uh, um, if you have luck you can grow your whole life and you open your mind more and more many people like to see everything like this mm. because it's comfortable but i think it's comfortable to understand i know almost nothing but maybe a little thing here and a little thing there and if i have an open mind if you tell me something i will listen right if i am like this then i think i have all the answers and i put my finger in my ear but that is not me <laughs> so <laughs> meditations it's a wonderful thing and i will try to do this more with my playing right right i think one important thing you said about people are just just only look thinking about their world they're not opening up i think that's one of the big problems we have in the world right now right especially with the social media everybody's like just only on their opinion only on their idea they're not opening up to anybody right that's i think exactly like you it's dangerous right so we should talk more about this um more about the inside more about open mind and not 
believe everything in media because media have been politics and that's really scary because mm. uh, when I was young and I was reading a newspaper I thought this was the truth today you know this newspaper is left this newspaper is right mm -hmm. and it's uh, it's with different glasses on they talking about the situation and the world right. and it should be in all countries in the world uh, it should be a committee a, a true committee they correct everything that is false or a perspective it should be somewhere in the society it should be a committee that says this is the truth you can believe whatever you want but this is the truth right if you go left if you have to go right it's your opinion but this is the truth we need right. that because right. no nobody knows what the truth is <clears throat> yes so you, after you left Hammerfall, you you I mean you played in a lot of other bands. One thing, one band that I want to talk about is you played with Tony Martin's Head Headless Cross, right? Yes. So can you tell me about that tour? Because I think you have one one show that you did in UK or as well, right? You performed in UK. So can you tell me a little bit yeah. about that? Yes. Uh, first of all, Tony Martin is a great guy with a good heart and fantastic voice. And I, I, I met him without, without knowing it in a cafe shop in right. Gothenburg. And I didn't know it was Tony Martin. Uh, and he was visit um, um, a girl that is a musician. She had a ba band called Arrival and um, they were friends. So, so um, Tony fly to Sweden, they had a coffee at the cafe, coffee shop and I come in in the coffee shop without knowing they were there. And I said hello to Vicky, she's my friend. And there is, was a guy too and his name was Tony Martin. And I said hello, how are you? And, uh, and we talked a little and um, uh, it was nice and comfortable but that's it. Of some funny reasons, <laughs> maybe three or four months later, um, I was in, in the same coffee shop of some reason. I didn't go there every time. It was, I don't know why, but I w went there. This time, Vicky and Tony Martin was there too, for the second time. And no. that's, that's different. How could this happen? And then, ah, oh, hello, are you here again? And blah, 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 you know? Then we change numbers. And then I understand it was the former singer from Black Sabbath. Um, and we felt uh, very comfortable with each other. So we hold the contact. And then Tony Martin asked me, uh, we're going to do a show in Birmingham with uh, Tony Martin's Headless Cross. Right. Do you want to join? And I said, of course, it should be a pleasure. So um, uh, then we, we play this uh, show also with Jeff Nichols from Black Sabbath. Uh, it was the keyboard player and many people don't know that Black Sabbath had a keyboard player. 
right. but they, they had. And Jeff Nichols was all, always playing behind the curtain. And why he played there, you need to ask Tony Ayomi. Uh, but um, they had a keyboard player for 25 years. Wow. And um, he were also very, very nice, very nice human being. Um, so this band was beautiful. Then he died, uh, um, sadly, and um, uh, we, sometime when I had some shows in Sweden, I invite Tony. So he were flying to Sweden and play with us for one or two songs or something like that. So we had the contact and he joined some of my solo albums and uh, uh, now, now uh, last uh, spring maybe, um, he started working on his new album. Right. And uh, then he asked me, Magnus, do you like to play a song with me? Of course, uh, please send me the song. And after I recorded, he he's, he's asked me, do you want to play one more songs? Yes, of course. Uh, so I did that. And um, then um, he asked me if I like to tour um, um, next year with him. And I said, of course, I would like, love to. So, so I still, uh, like you hear, play with Tony Martin and uh, I, I will play with him live and uh, I'm joining his band. So um, I'm very thankful for that because he's a great singer and a great human being. Right. Um, Magnus, it seems like that uh, all these uh, great experiences with all these bands is because of your sort of your attitude that you're open to these things, right? Open to take these opportunities, open to uh, take these chances, right? So it seems like that's all these things are happening because of your attitude, right? Thank you for saying that. Yes, I think uh, uh, the attitude is, is most important. And uh, like we're not maybe going to talk here today, I... I did concerts with the symphonic orchestra. I did uh, like solo bass, ballet, even the princess of Sweden was there and were looking and took my hand. And uh, I did so many things uh, that I couldn't imagine of. And um, uh, it's of course that I love music. I love all kinds of music. and. And I know if I play with the symphonic orchestra, of course, I take a chance because I am a rock musician. I'm mm -hmm. not a classical school musician. So uh, I take chances, but I also always try to do my best. And I'm serious about what I'm doing. And so far it worked very well. Right. So, Magnus, can you tell me a little bit about your solo work? So, uh, how many albums have you put out? When did you start uh, your first solo album? Yes. To make a long story short, <laughs> um, the first album was out 2000. It's called Imagine a Place. And um, this, uh, my solo albums, it's different. And in some ears, seems like strange. But this is a, 
a print of what's going on inside me mm. with all the music that's flowing left and right. And um, uh, the most of the album is uh, instrumental, not all, but the most of them. I did uh, nine soul albums. Uh, I'm working now on soul album number 10. Wow. And um, this have a name called The World and Times. And it's like a point on what's going on now. Everything's changed fast and um, um, life is the world and it's with the time. Right. That's our history and future. Mm -hmm. So in this case, I, I record everything, everything is done. So we make a mixing in, in Brazil uh, with the guys, um, Fabio Bulitivas uh, from uh, um, uh, the drummer from Shadow Side. He produced these albums. Right. And uh, uh, I had uh, musicians from ABBA, if you know the band ABBA from Sweden. Yeah. Right. Uh, musicians from ABBA, musicians from Black Sabbath, of course, Tony Martin. Uh, I have uh, musicians from. Um, Secret Service that played for many years. I don't know which country they are big in, but I, I know for sure they were really big in Sweden, but also in Russia. Um, I got the musician from Silver Mountain, uh, the band that Anders Johansson and Jens Johansson played in before Ingvar Malmsteen. Hmm. Um, I have very nice musicians in there, and that is like... Um, um, uh, it's like a map of colors from my life. It's right. from polka to folk music to some covers from the 60s to rock music, hard rock music to uh, modern funk music. So this will be an album that is completely different from all other albums you can listen to. So right. this is a journey and a print of me uh, like a personally, um, uh, like a, 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 from a personally musician that do left and right music. <laughs> right. I saw in your website, I really love your website because you, uh, you're keeping track of all, all the, all your appearances where you performed and everything, right? So your website is very detailed, a uh, lot of history there. What I was really fascinated about is the solo touring you did because you played in a lot of different countries, like even in Sri Lanka, you were there, even Bangladesh, you played in different consulates and all this. Can you tell me a little bit about that solo touring? Yes. Uh... That, that is a, a, a big chance I got to play all over. In Bangladesh, example, that is so interesting. I am, I am an author for a, a, a company called Jutebori, and they working with Jute, the material Jute. Mm. But they uh, uh, build high-tech Jute. So from these uh, flowers, you can say, uh, you can actually build part to cars, part to boats. You can build so many great things. 
it's like a bioplast. It's not plast, it's like a bioplast. It mm. works like plastic, but uh, it's um, uh, good for the nature. So, so if you throw these things in the nature, it will not stay there forever. It right. will get into the ground and disappear. So this is the future for a healthy world. And uh, because I'm an ambassador, no, no other companies have a rock musicians like ambassador, I think. This open other people's eyes. So yeah. when we come to Bangladesh, I played my bass performance at the factories for all the poor workers. I also played my bass solo things like an ambassador in the consulate, in the ambassades, uh, for the people in the governments. And we got so big exposed because of this. So, so I think we got 100 million TV viewers in Bangladesh. Wow. Uh, High-tech youth for a sustainable future with a rock bass player. It's a beautiful <laughs> combination. Right, it's good. So, so I went there um, uh, four times in Bangladesh and, and I'm sure I, I will be back. And I love this country and all the people. I, I love all the countries because it's so nice people all over the world. Right. Of course, you have the evil people too. But um, every country have nice people here and there. And uh, I went to Sri Lanka a few times. Um, one time with Jutebori uh, and one time with Chitral Somapala. And uh, with Chitral Somapala, we played on uh, rock meters, meets reggae. And that says so much. Right. It's a festival with reggae music and rock music. And in the West, uh, people can't really imagine that. But music is music and people is people. And if you love music, you don't hate someone because the, the, the people like an other style of music. Right. So this combination is beautiful. And, and I think it's good also there to have an open mind. You can love the rock music, but it's also other music styles that is lovely. So I played in a, a, a place called Svalbard. It's so north that uh, they don't have uh, humans there from the beginning. So the humans were traveling there to make mine a um, few hundred years ago. And there is more ice bears than human beings. And okay. it's almost in the North Pole. Uh, I went to play in a blues festival in Nepal, um, Mahal, uh, Himalaya Blues Festival. Uh, fantastic, and um, I, I and China many times. I I, I played uh, maybe twelve times in China, and last time I played at the in a really big TV show there. It was few days before the Corona went out right. in the world. Right. So I was in China when. Uh, everything started with this COVID-19. Right. And uh, I can say only short, my experience was that China did all that 
they could to stop the virus. So uh, some uh, Western uh, uh, newspaper, uh, it's too political, you know what I mean? But the truth was when we should get out from China, they really did health controls. We did uh, get through few health controls mm. to be allowed to leave China. Right. It means they didn't do, they do, did what they could to stop this. But the West propaganda, I be so tired sometimes about all this propaganda, that is not the truth. And because that, I think we should have a true society, a, a true um, organizations in every country that tell the people the truth, then you decide if you, go, you want to go left or right. Right, right. <clears throat> Magnus, one, one more thing I, I really love about you is uh, you, you're a member of Rotary Club, right? You spend a lot of time yeah. with Rotary Club and a lot of good uh, charity and good lot of good work. Can you tell me yes. when did you first like join Rotary Club? What are the projects you've been involved with Rotary Club? Yes. I, uh, 10 years ago almost, I then I will say first, I did few charity tours in South America. And when I should do my third charity tours, I quit Hammerfall before. And uh, because I paid for all my charity tours by myself, the air tickets, the hotel, everything. It was for my pocket. Mm. But when I stopped to play in Hammerfall, I also stopped making money. So I asked Rotary, would you like to do this charity tour with me and help me with the air ticket and the hotels and that? And they said, yes, we will. And then they also asked me, Magnus, why don't you join Rotary now when we're going to do this together? Right. So I said, yes, it could be interesting to meet and other kind of people that I, I never met when I play my rock music. So I joined Rotary. I went to South America with the sign of Rotary. And I did my concert by myself, solo bass concert. And to get into my concert, it cost two kilos of food. So the people who come to the concert, they have a bag with food, leave the food, get the ticket. And I played for maybe one, one and a half hour, talking with the public. Then I contact, like Rotary, in the different towns and the different countries. And I, were, I followed them out to the favelas, to the ghettos, to the poor people, and yeah. deliver the food. And um, when I stayed, example, in Peru, in Lima, in, in straight in to the, these favelas that the poorest people was. And when I were looking at the, uh, the eyes of the people, um, I understand it could be me who had uh, uh, bad luck to be born in a situation with so little hope for the future. So they were, of course, the same like me or us. Uh, people forget that. They think poor people is poor people. No, poor people is people like you and me. And uh, uh, 
this experience I took back to Sweden and I went out to the schools and I still go out to the schools and make lectures sometimes and then I talking about this um, so this was a big big experience for me so I did a lot of charity things in, in my life uh, for sick people for poor people for sick kids for um, a better world uh, all this and I don't do that because I am so good. I do it because it's my pleasure. Right. right. That is what I believe in. <clears throat> it's really amazing to listen to all these things, uh, Magnus. It's really inspiring. <laughs> Thank you for you know sharing that. Uh, so Magnus, what's your message to the viewers of this uh, podcast? My message is, of course, from, from my heart, that believe yourself and love is the strongest thing. If you go into a dark room, if you hold the light in your hand, the room will uh, uh, be full of light and the darkness will disappear. Love is always light. Uh, uh, what is really evil and what is the good thing it sometimes it's hard to understand because it's a lot of um, bands uh, like they say they are a little bit evil but uh, i believe uh, they like to stand up uh, um, and tell the world we have a voice we believe something um, and for me, that is not the evil thing. The evil thing in this world is uh, some of the politicians, uh, some of the big companies that not care about human beings and they don't care about the world, the nature and all this. Mm. So light in your hand and fight for a good future. Right. <clears throat> this uh i'm so glad that i talked to you and was able to make this happen and really inspiring uh you know about talking about hammerfall and you know your experience of touring and all that plus you talk about meditation you talk about charity and all this uh work that you do in amazing work you do so it's Thank you for joining this podcast. I really, uh, you know, I want to thank you for joining this podcast. Uh, keep inspiring, keep making music, keep doing what you're doing. And uh, I, I really thank you. Thank you from bottom of my, of my heart. Thank you. <laughs> thank you, Magnus.